the opportunities are fantastic at the moment. So, you know, grab them, but be respectful of what you're dealing with. When somebody trusts you with their body, it's not something to be taken lightly, you know. Go to town, learn your stuff. You're listening to the Fitness Industry Podcast, powered by Australian Fitness Network. For articles, resources, and inspiration to grow your fitness business and career, go to fitnessnetwork.com.au, where you can also find a huge range of online courses, many of them accredited for CECs and other professional development credits, with up to a massive 30% saving for members of Australian Fitness Network. Pete Banbury is co-founder of the Body Mapper Training Course, which has a uniquely hands-on take on functional anatomy for fitness professionals. Here, he chats with the fitness industry podcast's Oliver Kitchingman about what led him to drawing on people's bodies with whiteboard markers, being a little rebellious and doing things differently, the need to make the study of anatomy a lifelong habit, and establishing yourself as a trusted advisor. Welcome to the fitness industry podcast. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Pete, you're the co-creator of the Body Mapper courses. Can you tell me what body mapping is? Right. Well, body mapping comes from a long time back in my days with a training provider in the UK, which is called Premier Training, and it's still around now. And we delivered sports massage and PT, and I can't remember exactly the day or the event or how it actually came about, but I ended up drawing on my students, so drawing muscles in. You know, so if we were going to look at the quads, you know, rec fem, vastus, blah, blah, blah. I found that people, a lot of people struggled to take it on board out of the book. But when I started drawing it on the legs, they twigged really quickly. So, I mean, I joined Premier in 97, so back in the old days. And so I probably was drawing on people up towards 2000 and onwards and just there was a real connection and yet having said that yet it sort of disappeared from my life and then it came back another five years ago and I remembered it and I thought I'll get some pens again because I set up my own training provider delivering courses in biomechanics and I started doing it again and it immediately caught people's attention more than anything I'd ever done they said what is that you know that looks that looks really interesting and I said well that's that's what I would call sort of mapping i don't even know if i had the word then and people said oh really like that can you do some more of it because now i'm really beginning to understand what you're talking about in terms of muscle actions and joint actions biomechanics so i did it some more and it it got so much interest that people said you know would would you deliver a day's training on that because that now i'm beginning to understand i want to know more and so i I began to realize that there was something which would live on its own. And, and to be honest, when lockdown happened last year, because UK anyway, over here, it's been pretty much solid lockdown since March 23rd, 2020. And so I began to think, right, what was it about though, that learning process when I was a lecturer at Premier? What, what was it that really capture people. So the drawing was definitely something, but there were some other aspects to it. And I came up with a five-step process, which was see, feel, map, move, memorize, of which the map is obviously the drawing bit. But the seeing was 
visual identification, you know, looking at an app or looking at a book, and it mimics what I did to learn. I, I first looked in the book, but then I translated it into feeling, so palpating structures. And once I'd felt those structures, then I translated that into being able to draw them on someone. And once I'd drawn them on somebody, I got them to move so that I could understand the muscle actions. So I thought, why not recreate my own learning experience for other people, which is really very practical, nothing to do with books per se. So many of my students said, look, I, I just don't understand the long words. I don't really understand what you're talking about when you're still stu- stu- lecturing, which is obviously a bit upsetting. <laughs> you think your students are feeding back, they're not understanding what you're, you're talking about. So that's what body mapping arose from. Okay, interesting. So, I mean, you're looking at the video here. You're, so you're physically drawing all over a person. You're, uh, so you're getting the effect. The end effect is essentially bringing like anatomy drawing to life whereby you've sort of stripped off the, <laughs> stripped off the outer flesh, as it were, to reveal the muscles and ligaments and bones beneath. Okay, so I mean, I can see why it would have been a real sort of real shot in the arm to people that are just used to flipping through a book and what have you. It's, yeah. it's a very interesting approach. Yeah, well, it is. It is, and I guess I would never have run with it if people hadn't said, Oh, wow, that, that's amazing, you know. And people are saying, look, I'm not that clever or anything, but I get that. I can see what you mean when you're talking about the quads extending the knee and whatever it was. And so, and, and I enjoyed it. You know, it's, it's great fun drawing on people. It is. Pretty, pretty pictures and colours. And... <coughs> exactly right. It sounds, like, well, it sounds like exactly what I tell my kids not to do, but I guess people are being yeah. given the go-ahead to do it, then they're going to go at it with relish. Yeah, well, and, and people do. There's definitely an element of people have this innate drawing thing. If you give them some pens and say, look, just go for it, don't worry, that they do. And they, then they're starting to, you know, really colour stuff in and the patella and the, you know, patella ligament and all that kind of stuff, and they go for it. So something happens which is not what I would consider part of mainstream education. And being my age, which is not 20-odd, a little bit older, I kind of like that feeling of the little bit of rebellion. You know, let's not do the normal thing. Let's do something different. Not that I'm the, ever, the only person ever to pick up a pen and draw. I know there are other people who've done it, but I don't believe that anybody's focused on it in the way that we have. And I'm very happy with the way it's going. What, what are you drawing on them with, Peter? <laughs> Marcus, yeah, before. Yeah, is this the usual whiteboard markers or blackboard markers, the ones which you can't get off your fingers for a few days? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people who get a bit nervous about this, especially if you come on the courses, they're like, it is going to come off, isn't it? Yes, it's a whiteboard marker. Okay. I know that's probably going to horrify your listeners, but it's because, you know, initially I was teaching and I'd be writing stuff on the whiteboard. And so I had these pens and it says, you know, it's, it can be erased, you know, it's... It's not indelible. So I thought, I'll give it a go. And I, I must have drawn it on myself or whatever first and, and washed off and go, okay, it does come off. It does come off. And then drawn on a few students and nobody, you know, nobody's killed me for doing it. So I thought, okay, it's all right. And didn't get any skin reactions, you know, getting very modern in our concern for health and safety here. But it didn't react with anybody's skin that I'd come across. So I thought, okay, this is fairly safe as far as I'm concerned. So I've just run with it. 
And if people don't want to be drawn on in courses, I just say, look, don't, don't worry about it. Just, you know, observe that person being drawn on. But most people go for it and don't worry about it. I'm Where sure. Tried. That's a good talking point, particularly if you're down the, <laughs> if, if you're on the beach or <laughs> you're down the pub or you're in the park later. Yeah, oh, that happens often at lunchtime. We've all drawn, you know, gastroc and soleus and all that lot in and walk down to get lunch, go down the high street, and you can see people watching the students <laughs> as they go past. So, yeah, it's, it's a badge. Yeah, that's a great marketing tool as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally, totally. People do ask, what is that? And then the students explain. So how does body mapping help PTs to train their clients better or achieve better results with them? <laughs> that's the million dollar question I get asked a lot I'll try and keep it to the condensed version mm-hmm. start, so we start with the end in mind and it's this we'd all like to be working with clients it'd be going swimmingly they get fitter, stronger they might lose weight be in better shape and they think you are the authority if they need to know anything about fitness or do anything you are the person they go to so Bearing in mind, most trainers want to get there, whether it's online or whether it's face-to-face, you are the, what I would call, trusted advisor, which is not my phrase. It's former business partner told me that, and I thought, yeah, that's it. You're the trusted advisor. How do you get there? Well, to do that, you're going to need to be confident. You're going to need to be authoritative, well-directed, knowledgeable about what you're talking about, and that's knowledgeable exercise-wise and programming and knowledgeable body, because clients are interested in their bodies. So, okay, now we need to be all those things, or ideally, we'd all like to be those things. So how do we get there? Okay, well, we need to understand how to program. If we can understand how to program, we need to know how the body works. If we look at what the body working is, well, that's movement, whether that be functional, whether it be more gym-based, barbells, dumbbells, you know, a bit more traditional. But either way, you need to know how it all works. You need to know that when you do a a military press that you're working the deltoids and triceps, blah, blah, blah. So in that collection of sentences, I've just said, we've worked from client thinks you're the business, you know your stuff and you're brilliant at it, right back to the deltoids and the triceps. So therefore, it's no great surprise that I come in and say, well, look, if you're going to, entertain the thought that you're the best you absolutely need the foundations if you don't have the foundations you might be able to you know there's there's trainers in this country they got the gift of the gab they can talk it with clients and the clients go oh wow you're amazing but in my experience the very best who are not only respected by their clients but other practitioners and they might work at high level with professional sport they know their stuff and they know their baseline stuff So when you talk to them and ask them about, I don't know, their sort of methodologies and training, it soon comes out that they understand the foundations. So they're they're credible. And I don't know, those people that I meet, they're successful. They've got the money in the bank as well because they know how to do it. So that's why you need to build a really solid foundation because if you don't and Sad as it is to say, in this country, there's a great deal of skipping of those foundations to get into the sexy sort of functional functional training. I'm sure it's huge over there as well. People are willing to bypass 
foundational stages. And I just think that's utterly flawed. If I don't think I know it is. Okay, so I mean, PTs do study anatomy and physiology in in Australia. It's in their certificate for qualification to become a personal trainer. But you're, you're saying that there's a bit of a, a tendency to skip it, as in sort of doing the bare minimum, doing what they need to, to know, but not sort of having that desire to further their own education in that field until yeah. they're, they're prompted to do so. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to answer carefully here because hmm. I can't speak for Australia because I don't know at all. But I do have a view on the UK and I'm very clear in my view that, oh, how best to phrase this, education has taken a race for the bottom. How can we price courses as cheap as possible, cut the corners, exclude content that is absolutely vital for people to be able to understand how to manage a client's body. And let's be clear, the body is so complex, I would consider myself a beginner 25 years in. I've been in the industry 25 years, and I now know there is so much I don't know, it's scary. And it's not to say I'm not confident about the stuff I do know, sat over here, but there's so much I don't know. So how could I ever think that I don't need to learn more about anatomy, physiology, programming, injury management, all these things. And yet it's not all training providers in this country. There are some who stand firm and say, no, we will emphasize anatomy, physiology, et cetera, et cetera, because we want to turn out graduates who are going to be successful and going to be good. But there are plenty who are taking the cash and knowingly cutting the corners. And I don't apologize for saying that at all. Fair enough. Look, I mean, there's, as you say, you call it a race to the bottom and they can only be one that's the cheapest. So, I mean, you've, you've got to kind of differentiate yourselves by being the guys that focus on quality and as you say, including the elements that you're talking about and leave the other guys to fight among themselves to, and they'll be, as you say, the courses that they deliver will, will therefore be suffering for it because you can't provide everything that needs to be provided at the cheapest rate. Yeah. It's not fair to be negative about everything that's out there in, in terms of the learning because it, but that would be wrong apart from anything else. There are people holding up the flag and some people, people are doing it different ways. So, it, you know, you have to recognize that, let's say, online learning has grown and it would be rash to say, that, well, if you're learning it online, then it's not proper. I have one of my ex-colleagues is in a company that does it now 100% online. He says, I can tell you for certain that our graduates are, are good. So, you know, I really don't care how people get there. Okay, yes, I'll be honest, I'm a little bit skeptical about if you haven't worked with clients live, how are you going to end up with those connection skills? Because, you know, the clients like I've just been before with before this interview, they're real people. You really have to be able to communicate with them and understand them and pick up all the subtle nuances of their life and so much more than just training. So I, I am a bit skeptical, but you've got to keep an open mind. So I don't care how people get there. But to think that you can bypass it, it's kind of like, you know, the Formula One mechanics. We say, yeah, I work with McLaren. No idea how the engines work or the tires and how they perform, but I, I ju just do my job, you know, and I'm paid mega bucks. When did any, anybody ever say anything like that? Like, never. 
if you deal in that industry, you get good at it. Absolutely. As you say, look, the, there's a lot, a lot more virtual learning and there's a lot of good things to be said for it as well, apart from anything that's the, the reach, reaching people that can't come and study. They're not based in a major city or, or, or town. There's certainly been a, a move towards, towards a blended delivery mode in that sphere as well, I, I find, where a lot of it will be online, but there will be elements where you do need to get that hands-on. Yes, yeah, totally. I'm just, I don't know, I just, I just am the way I am shaped by the education because I was lucky the way I learned. It just happened that way. And I was part of a company that said, you're going to need to be very, very good to lecture in our company. And they tested you out. And I was, I was scared. I saw the other lecturers and like, wow, I've got to get up to that level. So, and you know, now 25 years in, I think, well, I, I do know some things and it's because I have to really work at them and repeat them again and again. So it'd be great if I could bring that to other trainers or we could bring that to other trainers because hopefully then they, they would enjoy their path and be in the industry 25 years later, which let's face it in a non-arrogant way, how many fitness professionals do you know in the industry 25 years later? Like very few in this country. And, and that's, as I say, I hasten to add, that's not that meant to be an arrogant thing. It's just, I've really enjoyed the path. It'd be great to help other people get into that enjoyment. It's great fun. You can earn money from doing it, but don't ever take for granted when somebody says, I trust you with my body, the most important thing in my life, that you don't take it really seriously and say, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to work really hard. So I understand even just a little bit about your body, even if it take, you know, we'll all die only knowing 5% of it. Well, I, I take that responsibility really seriously to educate my clients and say, I'm working on it all the time to understand why you are the way you are, why you move the way you do, why you feel the way you do, because you're a human being and that's important. Back to the actual course itself now, what areas of the body does the course cover? Well, we started with the major joints. It's a common way segment courses like this. So we started with the ankle and did the knee and did the hip. We've got the spine in the making. And we're just actually, if the truth be told, we're pausing at the moment and say, right, does that model work? You know, we're, we're, we're putting it out there and people are feeding back to us about what they find of the course, how much it helps them, you know, do they manage to then translate it into something that's usable? Even now beginning to think of the next evolutions, or I am, as I'm, in, I'm in charge of the uh, R&D and where we're going with it. I'm already starting to think about how we draw myofascial lines onto the body rather than necessarily focus on joints. I think that's very valuable. And when you learn particularly sports therapy and injury management, it's almost always segmented that way. What are ankle injuries? What are knee injuries? And what are the muscles related, etc.? But I can already see the body mapper evolving into myofascial lines, which if you're a Myers fan, that will resonate because then it'll be more easy to take body mapping to myofascial lines to programming so that people can leave and go, okay, I get, I know where the back functional line is because I've drawn it on today. Now I'm going to do some exercises with my clients. Now I understand it a bit better and I'm going to see how it goes. So I want to shorten the distance between the learning and I used it with a client and it was really beneficial. 
So yeah, that's where we are at the moment, but I can see it already beginning to evolve. Interesting. So, I mean, you, you literally, you, you, you have started from the ground up. You started with the ankle and then the knee and the hip and you're, you're moving up the yeah. spine. Yeah. Yeah. That was exactly the idea. Cause I mean, apart from the else, it's fairly, it's easy to organize the information when you look at it that way. So, you know, it's the ankle bones and then all the muscles that surround it and then the movements and the plantar flexion, dorsiflexion, the inversion, eversion, all the things that you need if you're going to be serious about your programming, you know, but as I say, I'd like to think we could get more sophisticated with that and say, you need to know the ankle, the knee, the hip, etc. but we're going to bind them all together and say, here is the back functional line and it goes all the way from the top of the body down to the bottom and you'll need to follow the pathway all the way with the attachment locations and then that will get them that much closer to programming straight off. I think you're going to need another set of pens there, Pete. <laughs> I'm excited. I have done some drawing of my fascial lines. It takes a little bit longer, but I think the other, the other reason I wanted to go that way, apart from, you know, my fascial lines and anatomy trains has become pretty big globally. It makes much more sense of muscles. If you learn, for me, if you learn muscles arbitrarily as well, that's just this muscle and it just does this. It doesn't stick in your mind as well as, okay, a spiral line starts at splenius capitis and weaves round into the rhomboids, serratus anterior, etc. And they're visualizing that movement of that line around the body. Then when they say to themselves, why do I need to know that? It's like, well, most of the exercises I do involve the transverse plane. So I'm going to learn the spiral line. And now I remember that was splenius capitis, rhomboids, serratus anterior, etc. Do you see what I mean? The context is much more meaningful. Certainly, yeah, it's a bit more of a sort of all-body holistic sort of approach, isn't it? It's, it's nothing, nothing is working independently on its own. Everything is connected. Yes, yeah. And I, I, whilst the local, um, having the knowledge of local structures is, is important, I think a global approach is going to yield you much more results. Completely. So, I mean, with the, although PTs work with the human body every day, as you've alluded to, um, look, not everyone's a boffin when it comes to the detailed anatomy stuff. So I guess the key, the key challenge here for body map or for anyone really teaching that working with anatomy is making it accessible and easy to understand. Particularly, I mean, you're talking about moving into myofascial lines potentially in the future. So, I mean, this is kind of getting more detailed and more in-depth. So, I guess the, yeah, you've got to keep that accessible. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, putting it on the table, I'm well aware of the criticisms of what we're doing and, and what that type of information represents. It's lots of people have said to me, well, I studied. I've already done anatomy and physiology at level two and three. Why would I want to do that again? I already know enough to train clients and I've got 25 clients. So what's, what is the point? You know, I'm just going to be repeating stuff that I've already done. And anyway, and then lots of people add it in. Anyway, that's boring. It's boring. And that's when physiology is a bit, I hate it. We just got it over and done with as quick as we could up at the front end of the course. And I passed my theory paper. So thanks very much. I'm done with that. Now I want to do one of the really cool courses. I want to do anatomy trainings. I want to do a functional course, you know, and not that there's not some great courses out there at level, but they want to bypass and go straight up to the top. 
And in my experience, people get up here and they don't understand what it is they're hearing. So they hear a muscle, obviously, go, oh, yeah, rec femme and all that kind of stuff. Because the baseline isn't in there, the ability to join it all up and then translate it into, right, here's how I'm going to program and, you know, test it on clients. There's often a big gap. And to come back to, you know, the central theme of your question, accessible, yeah, it must remain accessible. And my experience is the minute you start drawing, it is accessible. I say to people sometimes, look, forget what the names are of these muscles right now. For the moment, just look at this shape. And, you know, if, it, if it's front functional line, I'll say, look how it stretches across here and down there. Can you imagine how when we move into this position, this all lengthens? And then when you move forward, it all shortens. Well, that's a throw, isn't it? That's a throw. So anytime you're getting your clients to do a throw, you are working the front function line. Well, let's draw it in. And there it is. What have I said that's technical? Nothing except the front functional line. And the next thing we do is pick up the pens and draw it in. And they go, okay, cool. So that's the front functional line. And when I throw something, we're using it. It's about as simple as it gets. And then, you know, then they can build in behind that that starts at pex major, inserting on the upper humerus and, you know, attaching to the clavicle and sternum. That can follow in afterwards. Usually it's the inspiration they need first to want to learn more. So after a PT's done the course, how tangible are the actual takeaway lessons in practice? Are they going out there with their clients and <laughs> copying what they've learned? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. And I, I tell you one of the reasons why, because from my experiences in teaching, I will stand up at the beginning of the day and say, I don't want to teach you anything that you can't use. And if you hear anything or see anything, you think this is a waste of time, just tell me, just put your hand up and say, why, why are we learning this? I don't understand why we're, we're learning this. It doesn't make any sense to me. And expect to have some plausible answer as to why we are learning the front functional line, let's say, and drawing it in. And usually it will be, we're drawing in this line or these muscles because they're used during this movement, which if you do this exercise, is employing all of them. Now, do you all do exercises with your clients? Yes, absolutely. Great. So once we've drawn this in, we'll do a little list of exercises and movements, utilizes them. And if we're doing a two-day course, I'll even say, have a go tonight and tell me tomorrow how it went. Tell me whether your clients enjoyed it. Tell me if it got a different result. You know, tell me, tell me anything about what you experience. And okay, not, not all of them do it, of course, but some will always come back and go, oh, it's really cool. My, my client said this and my client said that. Or sometimes my client didn't quite understand what we were meant to be doing. What, what should I have said? And then you, you, you go down a different dialogue of, okay, cool, no problem. There are ways to explain what we're doing. So it grows out. Okay, so when they get to that point, if, or if they get to that point and they're saying, my client doesn't understand, is that when they need to get the pens out and start drawing on their client to, uh, to give them that extra <laughs> level of understanding? <laughs> Very good question. Loads of people ask this, and I guess it's up to me to explain clearly. It was never intended to draw on clients. It was always 
for practitioners to under, understand. Now, I wouldn't rule it out. And how cool would that be if your client said, yeah, I'd love to see where my quads are and why there's a problem. Then go right ahead, draw on them. And it, I, I've drawn on some of my clients, but it's because I've used them as part of webinars working with another company. And just a couple of weeks ago, we did an ankle one. And I can tell you, the, my credibility went up a thousand five. I'll tell you exactly what my client said, which is funny, really, because hmm. they, they enjoy the training I do. But she watched me draw on her ankle. And in the end, she goes, you really know things. <laughs> <laughs> and I just cried with laughter. I was like, oh, yeah, I actually, yeah, I actually know what I'm doing. And that tells you a lot, doesn't it? Well, it makes you wonder what she thought she was paying you for initially. <laughs> it's like, what do you think trainers do or don't do or do or don't know? Because obviously I know a little bit more than you thought I did. So that's, that's really interesting. Maybe, maybe I haven't come over that well in my training. She underestimated you, Pete. <laughs> yeah. But that made me really laugh. And she goes, yeah, you actually know things. But yeah, it'd be the odd thing here and there, you know. <laughs> one or two things I've picked up over 25 years yeah well yeah people say it's impressive and I go yeah but when you've done it a thousand times it's, it's relatively easy to do so it's all glad, Gladwell isn't it outliers well, that's right and, exactly uh, right to become an expert yeah well inverted commas I'm careful with that <laughs> <laughs> okay so you've got these new skills and as you used to say there but your, your clients I mean clients w- will notice this without you necessarily drawing on them, they should notice um, the way that you're training them can change as a result of the greater understanding of, of anatomy that you've developed from doing the course. So is this a course that can help trainers get more clients? Totally. Totally. People look at me gone out when I say that. They're like, really? Anatomy mm-hmm. and physiology? And how? I said, okay. And this is a story I've told many times. So anybody who's listening who's heard it before, Apologies, unlikely maybe in, in, in ours, but I've had many situations where I'd be at a, a party or meeting friends of friends, and I can absolutely guarantee at some point during the evening, somebody goes, oh, I've got my shoulder, my neck's really stiff, or I can't go do this at work tomorrow because my back's playing up, or my knees, somewhere, it comes up in conversation. So I'm looking at person A and B, and person A is saying to person B, oh, yeah, I've had real hassles since my back went or whatever. And, and I'm one of those types of people, the, the ears go up. And they're like, okay, that's interesting. I be, just begin to listen in. And if I think it's sort of appropriate and helpful, I'll go, oh, what, what happened to your back? You know, oh, this happened. And I haven't been able to sort it out. And it's, it's starting to cause me real problems. And I might go, if you want, that's, that's my area of expertise, a deal in injury management or, or training people. Do you want me to have a look? And almost to a T, people go, oh, yeah, absolutely. Go, go for it. And then, then a few other people will be listening in as well because they're like, oh, you're... And the standard question is, are you a physio? And I go, no, I'm not a physio, but I do work with training people and I am trained in injury management because I'm a sports therapist. And with simple palpation techniques, you know, it's their shoulder, whatever it is, you can quickly get to muscles which are in spasm or congested or whatever it is, and you feed back to them. You say, 
look, I mean, I'm just looking briefly here, and this isn't a proper assessment, but you have got some tightness in the mus these muscles here, or whatever it is I say, and you've got restricted movement or whatever it is. And so often they will say, well, would you have time to book in with me? You know, it sounds like you know what you're talking about. I do need to get this sorted and I'm really unfit. And you go, yeah, sure, hit this is my card or give me a mobile, I'll put my number in. And off it goes. And it's that simple. And so that ends up translating into real money in my bank account because I've taken an interest in people's story. I say it's not that I go and go, hi, my name's Pete. Have you got any injuries? It's not that. Or are you unfit? It's there. It's there if you want the business. But you, people buy into the confidence and the authority. And if you haven't got it, they can smell it a mile off. But it's about positioning yourself, isn't it, as the go-to, the go-to person. This is a guy I've yeah. heard him. I've heard him talking to such and such when they when they hurt their knee. He seems to he seems to know a thing or two. Just sort of as you say, it's not not getting in their face, but it's just being the person that people are aware. They're aware of your knowledge and, and of your expertise. And I know you're cautious about using the word expert, but if everything's on a scale, then you are the expert in the room in that respect. Oh, totally. And that's what you realize. I mean, everybody who's been in the industry knows that you get out there amongst clients and generally speaking, they know nothing. And that's not being harsh to them. It's just not their area of expertise. So the minute you go, oh, you know, sorry to hear about that. And if there's anything I could do to help, do you want me to have a look at your shoulder? You know, this is my thing. I love this stuff. Almost to a T, they'll go, oh, yeah, cool. If you can help me out, then I'm quids in. It's that kind of attitude. So the opportunity's there. But, and, of course, there will be people listening go, yeah, but I know a guy who can blag that without knowing anything. And that's true as well. If you've got the gift of the gab, as they say, you can probably do it. You can probably get in the door. But at some point, they'll probably wheeze you and they'll probably know that you don't know your stuff. And which client wants to have a trainer that doesn't know their stuff? Not many. Absolutely. Pete, with more PTs training their clients online, mm -hmm. which is, has definitely been the case over the last 18 months and is likely to continue, is functional anatomy still relevant to them in in that it's harder for them to demonstrate as in with hands-on hands-on demonstrations of skills or, or showing clients where muscles are where ligaments are yeah so i have a definitive view on that one i'm not sure it would be shared by everybody and i am not i'm not in the space of primary online training that's my business and i've got you know 70 clients that i train online from all over the world i'm not in that space but I do train some of my clients via Zoom. So I have the experience every week of training people online. And you know what? I arguably would say it's more important. It's more important because you're looking them through a camera and it's quite difficult to see the way people move and what they're, they're doing through a camera. It's just not as easy. So you need to be a little bit better at being able to spot what's going on with various structures as they do their exercises. So arguably, simply from that perspective, it'd be great if you were better at functional anatomy, movement, assessment, screening, programming, because it's harder. 
is harder through screen. You don't have the ability to like move around to the side of the client and get the profile perspective, move around to the back. When face-to-face, you learn new things every time you move and then you can feed them back to the client. You, okay, yes, you can get the client to move. They can turn side on, et cetera, et cetera. But it, I still argue it's tough. It's quite tough. So I think it's relevant. But to the person who says, well, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I've got you know 50 clients and I don't need that. And they train really well and I give them good programs. And my clients are more than happy and they're losing weight, which is what they wanted. I can't argue against that. I'm sure there are plenty of trainers who are out there doing it. It's just my perspective. And what I've experienced is, gosh, I feel a little bit exposed when I train my clients online because it's a lot harder to control the environment. So yes, I'd say it's arguably, from my perspective, more important. Pete, if there are any trainers out there that are thinking of doing further training or learning in the anatomy space, why should they consider body mapper? So I would get them to ask themselves a question. What, what kind of path is it that they're treading? Because I can understand some people's log- logic in certain lines, like particularly the online training where they'll say, look, no disrespect, I like the look of your courses, but I'm not going to be doing them because I, I want to do a course in how to win new clients for online and then how to retain them and then how to program for online in this way. And, you know, It's just not going to be for me. But if you think, and this is the line, my experience of training, you want to be the most credible, knowledgeable trainer who your clients look to and trust, and you educate them a lot. If you're going to educate them, you really need to know your stuff. And then if you want to be respected by fellow practitioners, if you're going to work with a physio, chiro, osteo, et cetera, et cetera, sports massage therapist. And I might want to work in at higher levels, professional sports with, I don't know, whoever it is at that higher level. I'd say absolutely yes, because that pathway, you're going to be tested out by other people inquiring of your knowledge. Arguably, the clients are at the lower level because they don't know that much. But, you know, they're fairly canny, sometimes and they they can see if you've got it or if you haven't but then above that when you start to mix with other practitioners they really want to know if you know your stuff and they'll probably give you a bit of a hard time test you out then stuff like the body mapper is well it's my experience of my life and i will happily this is why i say usually it can be taken the wrong way but i'll stand toe-to-toe with anybody anywhere and get them to throw anything at me. I'm not saying I have the answer for everything, but I have a basis for everything and I'll discuss and listen, hasten to add, with anybody. And I've found that that's got me, you know, some reasonably good places. I'm trying to be as humble, but, you know, I'm confident in what I've done too. Well, that's what it's about. It's about the, uh, the confidence in knowing your stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, I am confident in what I've done, but I acknowledge at the same time I have an enormous amount to learn. And in a way, I'm very young in, in some other aspects of, you know, my experience as, as a fitness professional. So I'm a, I'm a beginner in many territories as well as being confident in others. Pete, 
Thank you so much for speaking with the with the Fitness Industry Podcast today. Anything else you'd like to leave us with? <laughs> well, firstly, it's my, my pleasure. Thank you for entertaining my thoughts. Yeah, would I add anything to that? Yeah, the future. I, I feel really bright about the future at the moment. If I tell you that in the UK, 13% of adults historically have trained in fitness, in clubs or sports clubs. And I feel now the 87 is becoming the opportunity. And that means a lot of clients out there for us and a lot of ways to work. I, I personally work in people's homes and out in the fields and all that kind of stuff. And I just feel like the opportunities are fantastic at the moment. So, you know, grab them, but be respectful of what you're dealing with. When somebody trusts you with their body, it's not something to be taken lightly, you know. Go to town, learn your stuff. Pete, thanks again. Pleasure, pleasure. Take care. For a huge range of online courses for fitness professionals, including three body mapper courses focusing on the ankle, the knee and the hip, go to the network website and select the courses tab. Most courses are accredited for CCs and other continuing education points and network members save up to 30%. So head to fitnessnetwork.com.au today to grow your skill set and fitness career.